Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Again, thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, Jeff, uh, my company, and uh, is uh, the Fungus Frequency, and uh, I started that uh, about a year ago or so. Um, I've been growing for just a few years now. Um, kind of jumped in uh, headfirst, uh, like a lot of people do. And uh, you know, it, it started out for me. A lot of it was, um, you know, the therapy side of everything, and uh, it was actually with uh, my wife uh, was uh, dealing with antidepressants and things like that. And the microdosing was very key for helping her start to wean off of some of that and not have to deal with so many of the side effects. And that was uh, what kind of really made me jump into the actual growing of it. Cause it was like, well, if this is really something helping, like I want to make sure this is readily available and I know the quality, I know exactly what, you know, what's going on with it and, you know, make sure that that was going to be something consistent, not, you know, kind of leave her in, in a spot where it could be, you know, oh, well, I don't have this that's, you know, really helping. So um, that's where the, the, the whole growing kind of, you know, really took off for me. Um, obviously, I was I was curious about it uh, just from a uh, mental and health aspect and everything. I've, I've always been drawn to that kind of stuff. And um, ever since, uh, you know, uh, like a lot of people, you know, dabbled with some of the psychedelics as a teenager and, you know, had some, some fun experiences with mushrooms and stuff. And, uh, I, I did always find that with the mushrooms, like I'd always come out of it with like a, a real good epiphany. Like it would be something that just kind of came out of left field for me, you know, but I'd always have some real good thoughts afterwards and then towards the end and stuff like that, even if I was just having fun the whole time. But, uh, you know, so there was always something there. And, um, then, uh, for, for years kind of, I don't know, just fell off of all that. and um kind of fell into uh probably well over 10 years of a lot of drinking and uh, that was just kind of where i ended up uh for quite a while and you know as a you know hitting the late teens early 20s getting into it it was fun and everything and then you know years into it it's like wow this has become uh, quite a habit here and you know at the same time it was so socially acceptable that it was easy to kind of go it's okay and you know try to convince myself it was when I know it really wasn't great for me, <laughs> but, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where that path led me for a while. And then once that all, once I got all that cleared up and everything and, uh, sobered up from that for a couple of years, um, psychedelics just started kind of coming back around for me. And, um, it was actually, uh, DMT that, um, I was introduced to. And, uh, at the time I was like, well, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but, uh, had an experience and it was mind-blowing there was so much to it that uh kind of a, a lot to even take in but what i realized about a week later is i had like these urges 
that just all of a sudden I wanted to take care of myself. Like I wanted to eat healthier. I felt like, hey, maybe I should do this next right thing instead of just blowing it off, instead of just, you know, um, doing that. And uh, so that was kind of what spiraled me into just like the neurology aspect of it. I had already been taking some classes and already been drawn to like a lot of psychology and stuff like that. And um, but then having an actual experience was like, well, there's to me, it was like a knowing instead of like reading it in a book or having someone tell you something, there was something that happened to me where I was like, there's something here. There's something fantastic here. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just really made me do a deep dive into the neurology behind a lot of it. And just, um, you know, how, how so many of these mechanisms work and, uh, you know, from there, the, the mushrooms and that came into play and uh, I've fallen in love with just the, the whole therapy of not just the experience themselves, but growing them um, for me has been hugely therapeutic. And I've always been someone who's uh, probably what most would call borderline, you know, maybe OCD, overly organized, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to doing this kind of stuff, that's a, a key asset, <laughs> you know, trying to keep all these different genetics in order. and. Um, you know, just so much meticulous work, um, you know, of labeling and, and just running stuff and keeping stuff straight. And, but for me, like I said, it's very therapeutic. It, it allows me to use those things and, and do it for something that's enjoyable instead of letting it just, you know, run me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I often wonder if, um, if it's not a good practice for, uh, for people that do have OCD or even ADHD to a certain degree, or, you know, part of that spectrum, uh, it seems like it appeals to a lot of those types of people, but I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's funny that you say all that because I've kind of had basically a similar experience and it stemmed from an abuse of alcohol for <clears throat> the, actually the more part of like 25 years. Um, and so that had really damaged a lot of my, physical and mental health man and and <clears throat> once i found Absolutely. mushrooms uh same thing happened uh i had this natural change in myself where over time i was uh starting to choose uh well first of all i was able to quit a 25 year alcohol habit which was <laughs> that was awesome uh <laughs> yeah. but also too it it, it kind of did the same thing to me where i started making these conscious decisions for better like just not trying, uh, started eating better, started exercising, started just, just naturally. And through that course have completely changed all that, you know, mess that happened. And so, and then alongside that, I'm just as, as, uh, OCD probably as you are, or, or, you know, worse. So the organization part is great. Uh, um, you though, seem to take it the next step further like you have a grasp on it and you also are, are putting in what seems to be like this enormous amount of work like are you what's your process are you just working 12 hour days do you love it that much or like how does that work i mean there's there's some long days but it's it's not typically not not to that extreme other than on occasion um when there might just be a lot of stuff hitting at once um and a lot of things you know whether it be um the vending the orders all coming at once or um you know harvesting all at once genetics just just everything all at once but typically um uh for me I get up early in the morning uh I usually get up about 4 4:30 
And um, then actually for me, uh, this time of year, now that school's back in, I actually homeschool my son too. So then I do that for a few hours. Um, and, you know, he's, uh, he's getting to the point where um, in fourth grade now that he's, um, you know, doing a lot more stuff on his own and things so I can give him more responsibilities and stuff like that. So um, that goes pretty smooth and everything. And then I can kind of deal with whatever else I need to during that time. And, um, you know, but those early mornings, I, I do a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I you know, whether it's, it's tons of transfers, it's, you know, agar pouring, it's, you know, I usually try to save that for the end. Once I get all my other stuff done, then I pour, let it cool and then wrap up later in the day. You know, a lot of it is just a lot of organization and, and time management. And, um, another thing that I just kind of had fallen into for years, which didn't go great with the, the alcohol, but, uh, I worked in a lot of restaurants and running kitchens and managing kitchens and stuff like that. So as far as time management and the stuff like that um that was probably a just a huge learning tool the entire you know time for me uh because of you know managing so many people and uh you know just the the prep routines the organization the labeling like food obviously you can't mislabel things and just oh i i don't know it's three days old or maybe it's six uh that, that can be a big difference in making someone pretty safe <laughs> so um you know a lot of that and and i i there again, I enjoyed doing a lot of that. It was stuff that kept my, you know, brain busy and, and working and, and going and everything. But, uh, you know, so now for me, it's, it's been nice to, to be able to transfer that into my own thing and utilize it for myself instead of, you know, putting in those, you know, 12, 16 hour days at restaurants a lot of times. And then, you know, yeah, you, you get something to show for it. It's great being a part of a, a good running business, but you're still getting your paycheck a lot of times and it doesn't necessarily, you know, show you huge benefits down the road to just to doing that over and over again for other companies and whatnot. So for me, uh, it's, it's been a, a huge, um, I guess, step in the way of like freedom is being able to start my own business and do this. And, and that was another thing that the cultivation and the vending and stuff like that, just, it, it helped me out a lot with. And, what I saw coming into the community was um, a lot of different people who wanted to get a lot of different things, but didn't really know where. And, you know, different groups have trusted people and it's, you know, is it a click? Is it a group? Is it, you know, trustworthy? And uh, time and time again, some of the ones who are labeled the most trustworthy or even, you know, put up there on pedestals uh, are the same ones that people constantly seem to have trouble with. So it's, it was something that for me coming from an ethical standpoint was like, wow, this community could really use someone that is going to be, you know, quality, um, you know, easy to work with and provide, you know, good service. And so far it's worked out good for me. Um, I enjoy doing it and it seems to work out for a lot of people too, you know? Yeah. I coming into the community, I was very uh, nervous about, um, I don't know, just fraud and um, just, you know, scam and, you know, quality, all of it. And uh, so I did a lot of research, man. And, you know, and I'm really glad I found you. I I felt like when I found you, it was going to be good stuff. I, I just, you know, wasn't sure. Um, do you do you find sourcing genetics yourself hard or has it become easier? I imagine it's become easier, hasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I started off with um, like two or three good people that I hooked up with just uh, and basically started working some stuff and made some good trades with them. And since then, uh, I think there's only been one time I've even purchased anything. And that was when uh, it was actually uh, one guy. He's not even in the community anymore. And he kind of disappeared, uh, Delgado. And he was on, I think Instagram was like Manic Maiko. Um, but he had a lot of cool stuff. And he had, he had posted some stuff actually about having some uh, tough times with some mental health and some bills and stuff like that. So he was running some really good prices. So at that point, and he had obviously lots of great genetics too. So I bought like, I think a 10 pack of his stuff from him and that every other time it's pretty much been people contacting me and interested in trading and, and, you know, seeing what I might have that I'm, I haven't released that I might be interested in trading for them to work with. And, um, you know, kind of started working with a handful of different people too, who were just interested in working genetics. And obviously as much stuff as I try to take care of, there's some that I'm like, you know, they, they could definitely use some love and, you know, a couple other people that would, you know, enjoy working yeah, yeah, yeah. on and running some generations and, and seeing what they get. And, you know, but at the same time, you want to make sure if you're doing that with people, it's not someone who just says that, you know, gets some genetics and then, you know, runs them once, throws them on a shelf. And then it's like, you know, you're checking going, what are you doing with those? Oh yeah, I'm going to get back, you know? And like, I mean, I don't really care either way. If you're ever on them, have fun. I don't care, but it, you know, if you're trying to get some stuff accomplished, it's nice to have a, a group of people who are going to ongoingly continue to run some stuff and, and keep up the genetics and everything. But so that's, that's been cool to connect with people like that. And, and mm -hmm. for me, I honestly, I don't, I don't really look for, to find any uh, genetics anymore. It, even it, it was funny, even when, um, Tote came out, which obviously is a phenomenal strain. And as soon as everyone saw it, it was like, you know, uh, mouth watering, but uh, even when that came out and I saw everyone and I had a couple of friends like, oh, "Are you gonna you gonna get in on that?" And I was like, "You know, it always seems to come to me when when it comes to me." And uh, yeah. sure enough, it was really funny because uh, Michael Geeky was going on vacation and had a bag of toke that was going to be ready to harvest and uh, happened to ask me if I'd watch it for him. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, see, there it comes!" Like he's like yeah if you get to harvest it just you know grab some clones do whatever you need grab some swabs and uh and uh it actually it it actually lasted and uh because that is a long-running strain it doesn't seem to uh soften up for quite a while so it was actually still going when he got back from vacation but since i watched it for him the whole time he ended up i think giving me a plate of it so i had that anyway and was like cool got it anyway so well and it must be that you, so you guys live in the same area yeah, about uh, not too far, I mean, about twenty five minutes from each other. Man, that like how convenient is that? Like, it seems yeah, honestly, yeah. from what I can tell, like it seems like Colorado and it's were you Ohio? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, Ohio. Yeah, like I've seen a lot of huge things coming out of Ohio, and I'm like, wait, I don't get it. Like, what? Why Ohio? Like, it <laughs> seems like the most dangerous place to be. I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, and then all of a sudden, like it seems, you know, these math. Go ahead, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, it's it's actually gotten pretty chill with a lot of the stuff. I've even noticed in some of the places uh, around here, seeing sports ranges for sale. 
um, at some of the different head shops and things like that that just sell, uh, you know, the pipes and things like that. But uh, it, it, from what I've heard and from what I've seen, even in the news, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, there's a lot of other shit going on with, you know, uh, the, the heroin and, and things like that, that I, I think there's, there's just more focus on, on those things to where unless Unless you're doing some really high-end crazy stuff, which, you know, it, I, I do a lot of genetics. I don't do mass grows, like, at all. Like, I, I do all bad grows, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. some of these pages and pictures where I've seen, you know, and they got shelves and shelves and shelves of monotubs. And I'm, you know, I, if I was doing that, I, I definitely wouldn't be posting that shit all over. I'll tell you that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh that's why like for what I do, I, I don't really concern myself too much with it because, and, and I'm not out selling the fruit all over. Like for me, it's the genetics. I, I really do right. love working the genetics. It's, it's exciting seeing what you can do with them, how you can manipulate them and, and just have fun with them. And they have fun with, with you, you know, that's, that's even more. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, in fact, I mean, they, and they can be a challenge. I mean, there's some I'm still working with. I'm like, I don't, this isn't working for me. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and you said you're a bag. You like bags, right? Yeah, that's what I, I switched to. Just um, I was doing the um, little dub tubs, doing just the little six quarts. And I, I liked doing those. I got great results out of them. But the more and more genetics I was trying to run and just cleaning them all the time just became so much of a, a time consuming thing that yeah. If I was going to continue to do that, yeah. I was going to have to find somewhere to cut some time or something because it just, it was, that was getting time consuming. And like you said, that would have been those, you know, 12 hour days because it would have been half a day of cleaning like all the time. So, uh, for, for me, it's just, you know, and I reuse a lot of my bags even, um, if, if they're not, you know, something that gets contaminated or whatever, like I'll dump them and then just wash them out. And, uh, because I sterilize my substrate. So I'll throw the substrate in there and sterilize it anyway. So I, I don't have any issues with doing that with a lot of them. I have gotten some cheap ones at times that didn't, you know, as soon as I pressure cooked them, they were junk. But after trying some different ones, I figured out which ones work for me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I find that, so I run, I run the bags and then I also run a, um, a Martha tent and uh, I've had a lot of fun experimenting going both ways with that. You know, I'll, I'll run bags of the same strain in both the bag and tent. And then I'll run like, you know, the first run in a bag and then the second flush in the tent or first run in the tent and second flush in the bag. I've done it all kinds of ways and it's real fun because it really messes with them, man. It's, <laughs> they come out, so, they Absolutely. don't even come out like, they don't even come out like the original, you know, mushroom that they are if you do it the way the the breeder uh, or guy that held the genetics the way he did it, you know. But um, it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, so I see you. I believe you're actually doing some crossing yourself, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I see you doing um, that. Yeah. Uh, there's um. I, I started off just early on, just like a lot of people doing the double swab. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just to see what would happen, and uh, some, you know, I definitely you could tell like no, like that's still the same thing, and um, but I will say you have to run it for two or three generations because I've seen somewhere that first generation or even the second, um, 
and and this even goes for when you're doing because I've I've been doing some of the monocarion crossing now and doing some of the the monocarion with the dicarion crossing and just just playing with all of them and uh, with no matter which way you do it sometimes the first and second generation from that they look like it might still just be one of them and then all of a sudden in that third generation sometimes something different happens and you know and, and maybe with genetic testing someone could prove one way or another and be like no that's actually still this you know the one of the original parents has now morphed and maybe that's the case but with some of them from my experience that i've run you know three four five six generations and that hasn't happened and then you do a double swab and then in the second third generation of that something crazy happens then to me something's going on you know and maybe it's just uh, you know the stressing of the the different cultures or something you know different stressing can even cause the different morphologies and as far as proving that you know which way or another um you know but i know obviously lots and lots of the the crosses and and everything for for years before i was even into mycology were getting done that way and some of the originals even like jack frost and and stuff like that um and whether whether it happened which way or another they're they're phenomenal cultures and and everything so you know i i don't personally concern myself so much with the technicalities of it i figured you know i don't know i I, to an extent i feel like the mushrooms know so much more than us that even when we're looking and, and figuring out how we may or may not have crossed them or or done this or done that there's also a million other things going on that we can't even perceive and so it's like, I, I don't know, I, you know, that's, I, I think science is great to an extent, but it's also being done from a person with a limited perspective. So we're really still only getting a certain amount of information from no matter what testing or no matter what, you know, scientific checking we're doing on any of this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I just like playing with them and having fun and, you know, seeing what comes of it. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It's to me, that's the science of it. It's experimenting and seeing what happens. Yeah. Now have you been successful with a cross and then able to stabilize it into, you know, its own thing? Have you been successful to that point? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, typically, um, most of them, like I said, some, they look the same first, second generation, third, they get weird. Um, a lot of them, the first generation looks kind of typical for one of the parents or, or so. Um, but for me, usually the second generation is where I'll start getting a lot of different phenotypes. And what I do at that point is I just clone, clone, clone. And before I even go to a following generation, I'll take swabs of it and I'll run it just to see sometimes. But usually then you'll get something else and that's cool too. And sometimes if it's really cool, I'll keep that going also. But uh, for me, where I have the most success actually stabilizing stuff is cloning it multiple times over and over um, and then running the swabs from that. And, you know, and if it takes, it takes and great and then do it again. Um, And if it doesn't take, go back and clone again. And for me, that's, just following that method has seemed to be pretty successful. I haven't had, you know, of course, different morphologies and different phenotypes pop up once you start 
running things for multiple generations, but I haven't had that I know of anything that's like completely just like reverted back to, to something else or, you know, gone completely haywire. Now I've also noticed that your, uh, thanks for the info on that too, by the way, I, it's something that I'm not, um, I've been doing it for about a year and a half, but I still feel like I'm just starting on day one. You know, I don't feel like I have, you know, anywhere near the knowledge, like say you do, or, or say a lot of these guys out there that are ultra serious about it. So I'm still learning. But, um, I also noticed that, uh, your bank is growing, like, which everybody does. It seems like if you're really into it, your bank starts to grow and you're like, Oh, but you don't seem to be going, ha, ah, you seem to keep just making the bank bigger. Now, I know that feeling and I know why I would, I do that. Um, but, you know, what do you feel about that? I mean, it seems like every, every new culture is a whole like leg of exponential work that, <laughs> that you know, is coming into play. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, no, for sure. They each one could be taken. I mean, you could literally spend, I'm sure, a whole lifetime like working one strain and, you know, grabbing different phenotypes, swabbing those, seeing what you can get. And for a lot of, you know, what I consider like other people's, you know, creations and things like, uh, you know, that they've already stabilized and done whatever. Um, I like getting them just because I like running all of them. Uh, for me, I like seeing the different stuff and uh, you know, certain ones, then you run, or at least for me, I run them. And then if I, I happen to see something in one that I just really like and feel like it would fit really well with another, that's when I get really interested in crossing them. And so that's part of the reason I like keeping them around. And also, like I said, too, just because of the, uh, that seems to be what a lot of people really like about, um, getting genetics from me is because I have such a variety that they can, um, keep coming back and grab some different ones and, and, and what I was getting at too, with, with other people's uh, works and stuff, I try to, I run them, but I try to always clone and run those as if I'm running them to keep them the same as what I've seen them stabilized as. So if I get, you know, wombat tat, I'm not going to try to, you know, run off and turn that into some, you know, shocky bluegill monster. Like I'm going to try to keep running it like wombat tat because that's what it's great as. Um, you know, someone else who wants to work that variety, absolutely grab whatever phenotypes, grab all the morphologies and run them all, you know. But for me, I just try to keep those ones solid and and also by running them and cloning them and, and running spores from them, it keeps them strong too so that when people get the cultures from me, they're not just some culture that I obtained and threw in the fridge and then I'm grabbing samples from every, you know, once in a while when someone wants one. I try to keep them all fresh and for me, like I said, I like running them too, just because I enjoy all the different ones. They're just, they're, they're all so cool to me. And each one is different in its own way. And it's just, it's, you know, I don't know. I, Oh, no, I get it. I get I enjoy. it. Uh, you're Natal Moon, man. Um, Natal Moon is quite the, the, the culture. It, uh, I've just finished off like, uh, like a nine, different bag run over the last few months with them to try them different ways. And man, they just, 
keep coming back for more. You know, they've been short, thick. I, you know, I made them short and thick, tall and lanky, big, small, in between. They always look gorgeous. Um, I've produced a couple of first runs of blobs, you know, with it. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a good fun one. Uh, um, that I've, that I've had fun with. Uh, you'll see that on my post too. I post a lot about that one. Um, is there any strains in your library that you're liking right now that you yeah, want to share yeah. with? Oh man. So many. Um, I know. What's your favorite? Some new crosses. Uh, I mean, the <laughs> natal moon is always like a favorite of mine and that's one that like, Oh, it's everyone just seems to love. So like, I always, I always keep that one running the natal natal. Moon. Okay. I thought it was Natal. I'm sorry. Uh, it's whatever you want to call it, you know, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, that, that's been one that, um, has just, oh, I, everyone I've given it to has loved it. So I just, I really love working that one. Um, but, uh, geez, it's so hard to pick favorites. I'm trying to think, uh, one Your that ODPE I'm still working, was solid. I've had the albino monkey Mac. Oh yeah. 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 I like that one. Um, the, I, I have, a, a a pigmented monkey Mac that, uh, came from the same cross. It was the, uh, uh, ape and Melmac TP and the albino one for that one stabilized way quicker for me. Uh, that was a really, that was a really cool one that I, I, um, so the, the first run of that was actually outside in a, um, a kid's toy chest <laughs> that was sitting out back because the spawn was slightly contaminated. And so I was like, well, I've been throwing some contaminated tubs outside and the trichoderma seems to disappear real quick. So I just wanted to see what would happen. So I put it outside and uh, I had one albino pop out of the whole thing. And so I cloned that. And that's where albino monkey mat came from. And it stabilized itself. I, maybe it was just because it was that one phenotype that popped up and that was it. So there was nothing else in there. I don't know. But it stabilized real quick. And... The monkey mac, the pigmented one though, has been all over the place. But I finally have that now in the uh, third generation. That's doing pretty good. Um, there's been man, there's so many different ones that I've run. That uh, I mean, of course, some of my own are some of my favorites. But uh, my one buddy uh, gives me some different ones too, where he'll do the crosses and then we kind of run them back and forth. The um, it came from Makilla Gorilla and Thrasher that uh, he crossed. And, uh, we decided to name it pumpkin monkey business after I did a thing online and had a bunch of people throwing a bunch of name suggestions and everything. But that one has turned out really cool. It's, uh, it's like some giant Makilla fruits that, you know, they're just, but that one was tough though, because it was uh, those two cultivars, like they're so aggressive that the first two generations, every time I would try to run it, like my whole block the whole bag top and bottom would pin and then it would just all abort and I rubber bands, everything. I could not get it to contain itself. And then finally, like it, I would get like, you know, one or two, you know, fruits to pop here and there to get some spores off of. And then finally by the third generation, I was getting like a handful of fruits and was able to start cloning it then and running it a bunch. But, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a real cool one. So now, uh, your bank, 
Um, how do you do long-term storage or what's your preferred method? Do you slants? Do you do, I, I think there's some, some people doing the little jars now, the little sterile jars of distilled water. That's actually what I'm just about to get started on. Um, because a lot of mine, because I have, uh, a lot of orders and everything, I keep so many of them fresh that I actually have them all on agar right now, just on plates and pretty much keep everything within, you know, two months, um, keep them fresh, <clears throat> which from time to time just means like, you know, one or two really long, uh, transfer sessions, <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, to get them to the, uh, the long-term water vials, uh, for storage. Mm -hmm. But like I said, even with that, even if I have them in there, um, that's not something I want to be getting into all the time if I got orders and stuff coming in. So for me, it's just, it's, it kind of makes more sense if I'm going to have it on a menu and have, you know, fresh, ready to go. Like I'm going to have it on agar, you know, ready to go. Um, that's, you know, for me, that's kind of the point of how I try to do things is so that people, you know, aren't having to wait two, three weeks to, to get things. And, you know, sometimes that might be the case and, and I'm not hating on anyone that, you know, takes a couple weeks to get a bunch of orders out and whatnot. You know, everyone does things their own way, but I know from talking to people, a lot of the reason people like, you know, dealing with me and getting stuff is because they put in an order and if it's LCs, they're getting it pretty quick. And if it's agar, they're still getting it pretty quick, maybe within, you know, seven to 10 days. Um, cause I typically get, I, I'm, I'm doing stuff in the lab basically every day. There's very few days where I am not doing anything. And so if I get orders coming in, I go ahead and get the transfers done because if I wait too long, then I start getting backed up. So I'd rather just keep up on it. Yeah, and I was just looking here at your Instagram. I was looking at your, uh, what do you call it, the uh, menu here. And you are doing also tubes, man. You want to explain that? The, the LCs? Is that what it is? It says it says you're doing uh, tubes and uh, and the plates. Yeah, and, the tubes. I just started doing yeah, that I was just because wondering. of... Uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook started flagging. Yeah, so if I would, if I used LC or Liquid Culture or anything like that, um, even on my story, things were getting flagged and with the menus and stuff. So I was trying to just, you know, do different wordings and stuff. But uh, yeah, now that I got the me the uh, website up and running, um, everyone can just go there and check it out, and it makes it easier for me instead of having to update menus every, you know, five to ten days if I'm adding genetics all the time too. Well, and that should keep IG from flagging you too, right? I mean, now that you got the website. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's a lot easier just to post and, and be able to, you know, put the website there. I got it, the link in the bio and everything. And <clears throat> that way, you know, I don't have to put the picture out there and I get that for some people that was, you know, convenient to be able to see it right there and stuff. But once you get hooked up and logged in on the site, you know, cause that's how I got it set up on there too. So that, you know, just to keep everything safe for everyone, you want to get into all the good cultures and all that, just sign up with the referral code and, you know, that way you can get in and check everything out. Well, we're right here. So just talk about that. It's fungusfrequency.com, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, for anyone listening, you can use uh, FF1160 for the referral code. Um if for any reason anyone misses it or isn't, you know, uh, sure of what it is, 
feel free to message or whatever and you know we can get it all hooked up now on your journey with mushrooms i wanted to ask you it sounds like you've had a lot of positive um have you had any negative come from it at all in terms of uh the, your usage of it or anything like that you know i i don't really think so to be honest um and and part of that might be my perspective because i tend to not really see things as negative anymore i i everything to me is part of the journey and you know um have i had some rough or i i have a hard time even calling them rough but some some very emotional journeys you know like some yeah. some things that were were heavy at times and to me those were the most therapeutic ones those are the ones where i came out of it and was like wow i just went in and conquered a damn demon like there was something buried in there that i just didn't even realize anymore and i just worked right through it and that felt fantastic and then there's still a lot of integration afterwards as the next week or two sets in and it's still you know going around in your head and you're trying to figure it all out but that to me is also the fun part like i i've there again another thing that i was told growing up all the time is that i was an overthinker and you think too much and and now I'm like, well, I just utilize it, you know, it's only too much. If you tell yourself it's too much, if you're just thinking, then it's not too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've ever, I've, for a long time, I've been interested in how psychoactives affect humans. Cause it seems like we've had this natural tendency, even way back uh even animals do towards psychoactives i mean you'll see animals like eating rotting fruit or or finding plants that do have uh properties about them that they like and um i'd argue that like even flowers you know for different insects are you know act as psychoactives but nonetheless i've been really interested in it so with that said do you use other psychoactives like say lsd or um, I mean, it's so easy to get other things like ketamine and stuff like that, but do you use anything else? And, um, do you prefer anything else over mushrooms sometimes? Um, I have used, um, a number of different ones, uh, LSD, uh, you know, there again, tried it when I was younger, just like the mushrooms when it would come around. And, and back then when either of those came around, that was exciting. I was like, yeah, how much I, I want those, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and even now, like I, I like LSD sometimes, but it's, it's different for me. Um, I feel like they each have their time and place and, uh, I don't know, like I, I, I do, I dabble with it sometimes, but for me, mushrooms just seems to get me, I don't know, like uh, LSD for me would be like, uh, if I'm going to be outside, enjoy a beautiful day, you know, maybe take a little bit and, and be able to just enjoy the day. It's a little more social um, for me, whereas mushrooms, I feel like I do more inner work. Um, and and that's usually if I'm looking for a high dose of something, that's usually why at this point for me, it's not to, to necessarily, you know, and there's to party or, or whatever it may be. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, I even when I talk to people who are new to any of this stuff, I say, have fun with it first, get comfortable with it first. Don't, you know, be like, this is my first journey and I want to take five grams and heal everything in me. Like, cause you're, you're not ready. Like you need to get comfortable with those things first. And, and, and then we'll, we'll see, you know, like uh, sit down, eat a gram, 
watch some funny movies and just see how you feel and enjoy, you know, having those kind of feelings, you know, in your body and, and, and get comfortable with them first. Like that's, that's where I think it's, it's good to start for people. Um, but, uh, and as far as any of the others, ketamine, actually, uh, I had, I just tried for the first time, like maybe like five months ago, four months ago, something like that. Um, I, I typically don't just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't seek things out. Um, and, uh, that's just, that's how I am with a lot of stuff. Like I said, with the cultures even, and it just so happened a, a very trusted friend of mine offered to, to give me some to try it. And so I did, and I thought it was, uh, really cool different experience a uh, couple hours of everything feeling pretty beautiful um <laughs> uh i i enjoyed it i thought it was cool um i i see why for some people in uh some deep depression that that can be very very beneficial because i think when people get stuck like that they just get they get so used to that feeling that they don't know how to pull themselves out they don't even realize or know what another feeling might even feel like at that point and to just have that experience, um, you know, uh, people try to, I've heard people argue that that's not, maybe not necessarily ketamine, but just that having a good time isn't therapy. And to me, I, I say the exact opposite, because if you're someone who's not feeling good, having a good time is the best therapy, because that's what you're missing. <laughs> you need to in, enjoy yourself and, and, and just feel happiness. And that's the first step. And um, if you're not feeling that at all, it's really hard to make changes or anything because you're, you're uncomfortable and it's, it's, it's a tough, tough spot to be in. But, uh, so I, I see why, you know, it's, it's, uh, being used for the things, you know, the PTSD and, and depression and things like that, that it is, it seems like, uh, especially in therapeutic settings with some talk therapy and stuff like that after, um, and probably before or whatever too, but, um, it'd be very, very beneficial. Um, some of the others I'm trying to think, uh, I was actually just gifted some, uh, San Pedro microdoses, um, that I've taken a couple microdoses of in the past, uh, month or so and, uh, enjoyed that. It wasn't, wasn't anything real heavy. Uh, it was just, uh, like I said, like a microdose, just enough to, to really kind of become acquainted with the feeling and, uh, felt like it was very, um, for me at least very like heart opening. Like, uh, just felt very connected with that kind of, uh, uh, area or feeling. Um, but I haven't, haven't had the chance to, you know, delve in on like a full experience with that. I don't, I don't know when or if that'll happen, but it does, does, <laughs> um, DMT was actually, um, another one that for me just with the mushrooms, um, early on was very, very beneficial because uh like i mentioned like having a kid and stuff too like uh you know trying to go on four hour mushroom journeys all the time you just don't don't always have that time uh <laughs> or or energy and everything but you know to be able uh, i even enjoyed just doing the microdosing of the dmt and it helped with uh, meditation a lot I, I feel like when i first started um like it was kind of crazy because i got into meditating like literally just before dmt happened to find me um and I say it found me because it literally did a friend out of nowhere who I never expected to have anything like that was just like, Hey, I have this. Do you know anything about it? And that was how it literally happened. Um, but, uh, the, the meditation and stuff for me was like right before that and getting into, um, uh, Wim Hof breathing and a lot of the different breath work kind of stuff. And, 
learning like the, the neurology behind that and how you can activate your own DMT in your body. And um, I think that's what really fascinated me about all that. And having the DMT experiences ongoing at the same time, it was like a no brainer for me. It was like, absolutely, this is what's happening when I would get into those deep meditations. And um, some of those even I went just as far, if not further than from actual um, ingesting and, and smoking the DMT. Uh, so, you know, that was also a key pivotal, pivotal thing was the, the Wim Hof breathing and meditation that, you know, really got sparked by the DMT. But again, it's, it's, you know, something you got to put in the time and do also, I mean, just smoking DMT every day or just eating mushrooms every day. Like you're not going to just be like, wow, life is great all the time. Like there's, there's a lot of the, you know, the working through stuff and, and integration and all that, that really makes the difference in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about that is that there's nothing in life that's a, a true hack to the end. I mean, the mushrooms give you uh, epiphanies and, and lessons and stuff like that, but you have to apply, you know, learn, apply, and, and integrate. And um, I actually do it intentionally after my macros is I'll do a memory integration time for about 10 minutes when I'm done with everything. And it kind of seems to realign me sometimes. Um, but I'll tell you with the DMT, uh, and I, it's for me, at least for the people I've been around, man, it's DMT microdosing is highly underrated. Uh, this is, I'm not a doctor, don't take my advice, but for me, I have found some incredible help with uh, microdosing DMT. Like I'll take a DMT cart, which I normally don't like, they're very inefficient. But I'll take the cart and I have anxiety problems or used to. I'm having better control over it now with mushrooms. But in the past, I would use DMT carts, uh, microdosing, and man, it would just bring me calm, just calm me right down um, and keep me real, real even. Um, and I don't, I would assume that other people could use it like that. But, I, you know, try microdosing. It, it, it seems to, to just really do well. I, it sounds like you've, you've tried it. Um, but, uh, but the, uh, you prefer macro doses over micro, right? In terms of mushrooms, you're a macro doser or, or a micro doser. Um, I, I, a little of both. I, I think they both have their place. Um, like at, at times I, you know, even just, you know, like, uh, you know, so, uh, depending on the day, depending on what's going on, like uh, maybe I'm just hanging out around the house, two grams, you know, something that's not a real heavy full on macro dose, but you know, something just to get it going. I feel like it's just realigns me like, um, yeah. And, and like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, it, it does me. And I've actually noticed for when I go exercise, um, Obviously, you can't do a, a macro dose, but I've done a, you know, a, around around a half a gram for me um, when I go into the gym and do either cardio or weights, I feel like the mind muscle connection is much more enhanced under um, like a half gram. Um, and so I can really feel my muscles and how they're working and how I'm using my body when I'm, uh, under a microdose. I don't do that all the time, but occasionally I will do that. And I feel like there's some, 
some action going on there. Yeah, I, d I definitely think it helps us just tune into everything more. And yeah, so so going forward, it looks like you're you're growing. Um, how are you managing that growth? And where do you think is there a limit to this? Are you going to continue to just keep providing as far to scale? as with the cultures and everything? Oh yeah, okay. Did, did that go through? Um, I said yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean. I'm sure there might be a point where certain ones, maybe if, if, you know, they're just not moving, no one's interested that, and there's already been a couple here and there that I've just kind of let go and no one really even noticed. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's maybe a point, but for right now, I don't really see, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't pursue a bunch of new ones either. So you know, as some new cool ones come out, yeah, I'll probably end up with them. But, um, you know, I'm not out trying to gather, you know, 30 more genetics at a time at this point. And because I, I think with what I have, there's pretty much I got something for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, also, too, I wanted to ask you about uh, cannabis, man. Do you use cannabis at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, I, daily. Uh, I, I've, I've always been, that's always been something that's helped me since I was a teenager, um, you know, with the anxiety and things like that. And, uh, I, I don't, I've always been a very high functioning with it. Um, I, I used to, when I was in high school, I, I, I would smoke and play baseball and pitch and, you know, and everyone was always like astounded by it, but it, it always helped me focus and, um, even now, like I'm not someone who, you know, sits and, you know, smokes and smokes and smokes, but, you know, to, to smoke a little bit here and there and it just it keeps me level out. I feel like it keeps the uh, keeps me tuned in. I feel like, um, you know, more and more it's like I, I see that more of these psychedelics like and it's, it's even cannabis, you know, because a lot of people don't think of it like that. But it really does help us tune in more than it helps us, you know, to tune out. Uh, compared to, you know, like uh, alcohol or um, some other of the more numbing substances like opiates or something like that where, you know, and I'm, I'm sure even in some setting somewhere in a certain way, I, I think that even those can be used therapeutically for something. Um, but the the way that our society is, it's it's not as likely. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the cannabis definitely helps yeah. me, I think, tune in on... Uh, on more things and um you know it just i don't know just and anything natural to me anything you know plant and and fungus related like it just it just feels more natural and it, uh, it hence the name fungus frequency i mean i uh, like i said getting into studying a lot of that stuff um you know going back to neurology and then you know falling into the study of I say falling into but it was another thing that just kind of found me I felt like I um, ended up studying a lot on quantum physics and things like that for quite a while and um, it's just it's just the way that things make sense to me and you know through the mushrooms through DMT it's stuff that's been shown to me and time and time again and uh, constant you know um, reminders and, and reciprocation of things that just make sense yeah <laughs> that's awesome, man. Do you, I don't know this laws there in Ohio, but, uh, 
do you go to dispensaries? Do you grow your own? How does that work there? Um, so it's only medicinal here. Um, I think it's actually supposed to be coming up for recreational on uh, the November ballot. Um, but uh, it's pretty easy to get the uh, medicinal card as it is most places. I haven't gone that route personally. Um, I just haven't had the need to. Uh, I have a local friend who takes care of all that. And I've, um, I did grow actually for a while. I started back in, uh, just for fun. It was actually back during COVID, uh, when all that was going on and had a friend who had some plants and was like, Oh yeah. And I did it for a while, just there again for fun. And, uh, actually did that and the mushrooms at the same time for a little bit. And, uh, for a little bit, it seemed like they were kind of working together, you know, um, you know, with, the carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange and everything. Like it seemed like a pretty symbiotic relationship, but at the same time, uh, trying to keep gnats and pests and stuff when, uh, you know, having soil around all the time and, um, it just, it became more of a hassle than it seemed like it was worth for me. And I was just there again, I was taken off with so much of the mushroom stuff that at that point I was like, you know, put my focus on the one and, uh, you know, and it, it helped a lot too there to cut back on some of those crazy long, long days. So it, it was more beneficial in the long run for me. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how cannabis, like say trichoderma, trichoderma is great for cannabis, not so hot for indoor mushrooms. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> uh but uh, I have to separate my cannabis grow from the mushroom cultivation by stories, you know. So second story is my mushroom, first story is my cannabis, and I keep it fairly separate. But honestly, in summer, I have to cut cannabis because of the heat. It does cause fungus gnats pretty easily, you know, from the warmth and... um but I've noticed too, man, I don't know about you in Ohio, but we get hot summers here. So growing mushrooms in June, July, and August is can be brutal. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, where I have my stuff is actually in the basement. So I keep all my stuff downstairs. So um, we get hot summers, but with the air, we uh, with central air, um, running the basement still stays pretty decent and uh even at times because of the ac running i'll even uh sometimes have to put a little heater in there because i like to keep it right about eh, right around 72 um if it goes a little more in spots that's fine but um sometimes mm-hmm. when the ac is mm-hmm. running in the summer if i didn't have that it'll be dropping down to like 67 or so and They'd still be all right, I'm sure, but I just like to keep things more consistent and I got it all set up so that it does and it's just easier that way. I don't have to worry about so much of the fluctuations and everything. And um, luckily the one room I have for my lab has literally no vents or anything in it. So I don't have to worry about any outside airflow. Um, So that keeps it uh, pretty good for me as far as keeping the contamination uh, issues at bay. So you're in a state where it's normal to have a damn basement, man. Uh, you know, I don't know of a house around here that has a basement is a thing. Uh, so, uh, 
I don't have that luxury, but I, I feel like I'm cheating because I'll run my, I run my, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I feel like I'm cheating though. Cause my fruiting room is 68 degrees and I seem to do fine. Uh, and then my, my, where I spawn everything is around 72, 73, but, um, but man, I fruit at 68 real good. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I used to do that too. Like I, um, I think more than anything, I think consistency is, is the big thing is just keeping it, um, somewhat mm. consistent. And even if you're only running a few things, even if it does, you know, go up and down a little bit, you'll be fine. For me, honestly, the, um, the fluctuation in the temperature, what, uh, it would affect more for me was my agar plates. And I would start getting the condensation on the inside of those, which would drive me nuts. So that's why I try to keep it really oh. consistent is to eliminate that. Um, as far as like the grows and that, I'm sure like, and, um, I, I used to try to keep mine at about 68 too, because, uh, when I had first started getting going, it was summertime and it was hot. And if I started letting it get to 74, 75 at that point, I was getting trike and everything. So yeah, if, as far as doing it that way, I think mm. 68 does just fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, it's weird. I, I should reverse it. I should probably grow upstairs cannabis and downstairs mushrooms, I imagine. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, you use cannabis, uh, regularly. Do you, do you find, I think most people I'm around generally that do cannabis will mess around with mushrooms and people that mess around with mushrooms will be messing around with cannabis. It seems to go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. I, I, I've kind of found the same thing. I think 